Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. And this is why you were created. Okay. Uh, we were talking about it. God gives you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. You bring God's satisfaction before you ever step, ever step foot on this earth. Okay, he already planned for you to be in his family. He planned for you to be close from the very beginning. He's wanted you. Okay, let's understand that. Amen. That's a good thing, right? Because some of us have been alcoholics, drug addicts, drug runners, the worst of the worst, all this other stuff. But yet before all that, he said, I still want you in my family. That's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's such a good thing. So Genesis 3, 8, uh, Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. From the time of creation, God has desired to walk with man because he desires to be close to us. Understanding the value of his presence brings us into a closeness, and the enemy longs to separate us. Okay? So the enemy is longing to separate the bride and the bridegroom. Okay? Adam and Eve hid because of shame, because of sin, because of what they did, so they hid themselves from God. Okay? A lot of times, when you mess up, when you fail, when you whatever— it's almost like we want to hide. It's almost in our nature to hide from God, right? Much like a kid. You remember messing up? Wait, wait till your dad gets home, right? Or your mom be like, wait till I get home, right? Like there was this place where you were like, oh, and you like wanted to hide from your parent when you knew you messed up. I don't know if that's just me, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like chocolates were going to go flying. Like I knew it was going down. Uh, I'll never forget it. One time, my cousins, they told us, they were like, uh, they called a shed in the back of their house, a cuatito, that's what they called it. And so in the, in, in the back, in this back area, they were like, go back there in this little place, in this little uh, shed area. And uh, whenever you go back there, uh, 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 grandma said, you guys can paint it. And we're like, okay. And they had the paint and everything. So we paint it, and my, my aunt gets home, and she's like, what did y'all do? We painted the shed, and we were like, they said we could, and no joke. Our, my grandma and my aunt chased us through cornfields in Corpus Christi with extension cords. It was the craziest thing. It was crazy. It was wild. This is not a joke. Yeah, we were, like, running from them and, like, in the cornfields. And um, so they were like, wait till grandma gets here. Wait, you wait. And they're like, ah. But a lot of times when we mess up, when we fail, our first instinct at times, let's be real, is to hide from God. Right? We want to hide what we did. We want to hide that shame. We want to hide that guilt. It's almost like it's in our human nature because, remember, we're born into sin. It's almost like in that nature, that, that, you know, because that's like the first Adam, is that we want to hide from God. So we separate ourselves from believers. We separate ourselves from the presence of God. We separate ourselves from the word of God, and we do whatever is necessary to not go deep. See, this is another thing that actually sometimes holds the bride back from going as deep as possible, is we're actually afraid what's on the other side of that. In the Old Testament, animal blood was used as atonement for the payment of sin. There was a continual process of sacrifice. Animal blood did not have the power to make man right with God once and for all. And so in the closeness of being in the presence of God, there is never a single thing or a single work or a single performance that you will ever be able to do to make yourself right in the sight of God. That should alleviate any sort of pressure of shame, guilt, condemnation running your life. You're not called to hide from God. Okay? And not just that, but there's never a work or a performance that you can be able to do that's going to actually make you righteous in his sight. Amen? All right? So follow me on this. In the New Testament, Jesus paid the ultimate price with his own blood because of this act of grace. 
we no longer have to be made right with God through continual animal sacrifices. So we no longer have to take journeys with these, with these lambs and these sacrifices that we raise all year long for one day a year to get right in God's presence. Because of Jesus, we can now come boldly into God's presence. This was God's plan from the beginning. Because since the foundation of the world, the lamb was already slain. So from the very beginning, there was already a plan for you to be close to God, okay, in his presence. There are so many other things in life that want to take the place of whatever you need that you can get from the presence of Jesus. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, I was doing some studying on this, and I never knew this. You may have known this. I didn't know this. But did you know that there is a chemical in alcohol, wine and liquor, that actually attacks the neurons in your brain that causes more stress in your life. I can't, I wish I would have wrote it down and I was studying, I was floored by it. I rewound it like six or seven times. There's a, there's a chemical that's in your brain that alcohol, you know how many people say like, I just do it to unwind. Alcohol actually chemically attacks the neurons in your brain that causes more stress in your life. So when you drink, you're actually not stressed, you're not becoming stress-free, you're actually increasing stress, right? Much like cigarette smoke. Cigarette smoke, I just do it to hang out. Did you know that, that, that cigarettes actually increase your blood flow? It's a stimulant. And people say, I just do it to relax. I do it to relax. It stimulates you. It, may, it can make you nervous. It can cause anxiety. And everything that the, the world is, is, is longing to try to rob you of everything that can be found in the presence of Jesus. Ministers and pastors can find satisfaction in the pulpit alone. Well, I got to preach this Sunday. I got to preach a good word. I got to preach. I got to get loud. I got to preach. Why? Because their satisfaction comes from this rather than what they can get from the presence of God. And when we are not satisfied in the presence of God, we'll look for other external things to satisfy us. Amen? Jesus, you're good. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. God brought us back to himself through Christ. Beautiful. We could end right there. God has given us a task of reconciling people to him, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Listen to this. God's making an appeal through us, and we speak for Christ when we plead to the world around us, come back to God, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You were always created to walk close to God. And he was going to make it as simple and as easy as possible for you to do just that. Regardless of what you did 10 minutes ago. Regardless of what you've been doing for two weeks. Regardless of any decision that you made last night. Regardless of whatever it may be, there was always a way for you to say yes to come close to the presence of God. This is why the Bible says that when, we, when, we, when we're forgiven, right, our sins are white, they're made white as snow. That God throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. He forgets about them. He, the next time you mess up. He doesn't bring it back to your attention of you're a failure, right? Because that's not what good papas do. That's what religious older brothers do. They bring about what you messed up on and why you cannot get into the presence of God. Well, you messed up last week. This is what you did. You failed. You failed. God will never, unless he is exposing something you're continually saying yes to, he'll never bring back something that you repented from that your mind was changed from. So when I get upset or when I get angry, he never accuses me of being an alcoholic 11 years ago. Which, by the way, uh, this day, uh, in 2011, I gave my heart to Jesus. January 22nd. How amazing. Glory to God. It's cool it landed on this day. Uh, that's awesome. I was just thinking about that. That's really cool. Yeah. Happy Jesus birthday. Um, uh, 
But he never brings, he never brings it up to me uh, about what I did way back when. He could. I mean, he, I mean, if he wanted to, he's God. He's sovereign. He can do anything. But, but that's not what he chooses to do. It's not his nature, right? Um, so here are six things uh, of how the presence of God affects our life. Number one, in the presence of God, we learn who he is. Number two, in the presence of God, our true identity and destiny becomes exposed. Number three, the presence of God transforms us to become more like him. Number four, in his presence, our spiritual ears are developed. Number, is it, is there, yeah, and number five, the presence of God separates us from the world. And number six, ha, uh, this is a question at the end, excuse me. So those, those are the five things here. Really quick, I'm going to run through them. Number one, the presence of God, we learn who God is. Matthew chapter 16, one of my favorites, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Who do men say that I am? They say you're this. They say you're that. They say you're this prophet, that prophet. He goes, no, who do you say that I am? And he tells them. Peter speaks up. He says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Blessed are you, son of Barjona. No man could have shown you this, but only revelation from my Father in heaven. In the presence of God, we learn who he is. This is how we begin to know who he is rightly. And when we can begin to understand when, when shame, guilt, fear, pride, whatever, that's not God. We begin to recognize that's not God, right? We don't follow that stranger's voice because in the presence of God, we learn who he is. Amen? Matthew 16, 13, and 19. Jesus came to the region of Philippi, and he asked his disciples yet again. I'm going to read this one more time. Because in the presence of God, our true identity and destiny becomes exposed. So I'm going to marry these, th the same verse with these two topics. So in the presence of God, we learn who he is. And in the presence of God, we learn who we are. One of my favorite passages, again, Jesus says, who do they say that I am? He tells Peter who he is based on the revelation and understanding of him knowing who Jesus was. And he says, on this rock, I'll build my church. Remember that? On this rock, on the revelation of Jesus being the son of God, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. The presence of God will transform us into becoming more like him. The more that you are around somebody, the more that you are going to look like them, smell like them, talk like them, act like them, think like them. It's just the more that you're in the presence of God, the more that you will begin to, to actually come into a place of an alignment of being more like him and becoming more like him. And is this not what the world needs? The world needs Jesus. Amen? And we are able to be the ministers of reconciliation to show the world who Jesus is. Amen? This is why we say you can be the only Jesus to your co-workers that they ever see. You may be the only Jesus to your students, to your family, whatever it may be, that they ever see. In the presence of God, you're transformed to be more like him. In, this, in the presence of God, our spiritual ears are developed. Guys, John 10, you guys know my heart. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. In the presence of God, we get to hear him. We get to know his voice. We get to hear what he sounds like. And in that presence of God, we then begin to learn how to speak and say what he is saying. It's very important. Cassie was talking about last night, I think, on the drive home, wanting to hear him more. And we were talking about just keep stewarding that secret place with him. Some of the greatest direction I've ever received for my life was that small whisper in my heart of the shepherd speaking to me. 
And I believe it's in the presence of God that that thing is chiseled, put together, molded, shapen. It's in the presence of God that we begin to learn how to hear him and hear him better. This is why we have to understand, again, he is calling us close to him and we're made to be close to him. Jesus. John 17, 15 through 16. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus said they're not of this world just as I'm not of this world. Another thing about being in the presence of Jesus is that it, it actually begins to, to separate you and consecrate you, right? Sets you apart for a specific calling and purpose. And the more that you're in the presence of God getting so, soaked and saturated, all these other satisfactory things, they just begin to fall by the wayside. You begin to be separated from those things. You begin to be separated by a lifestyle of whatever was hindering you before. Like we said at the very beginning, it was God's plan from the beginning to be with you. Read Genesis. He formed man to be in the image of him, and then he saw that man was lonely and said, that man needs a wife. He's all about relationship. He's all about covenant. He's all about being close. He's all about family. He's all about, you know, that's why, you know, we say that sometimes the hardest people to win is your family. That's, it's, it's true, you know, because the enemy attacks and fights so hard against what, what God loves and God has established in covenant to be the government of the world, his family. You were created to be close to him. And in his presence, you begin to know him, you begin to know yourself, you get separated from the world, you're able to hear him clearly. You know the plans and the strategies that he has for you that he's called you into. So I just wanted to equip you with this and, and teach on this. There's, there's a lot more, but for the sake of time, I just wanted to just kind of hit some highlights on, and just share my heart on that. Um, so I just want to challenge you just to begin to go deeper in the place of presence. And I want to challenge you of any areas where maybe you feel like the enemy has been attacking your secret place, attacking family secret place or whatever it may be. Like just ask him to like remove those things. Because shame, guilt, condemnation, fear, all this other stuff is what wants to separate you from the presence of God. And even ask him this. Say, Lord, is there anything in my heart that I'm holding on to that's a satisfaction that can be found in your presence that I'm founding in something external? That's a good question to ask. Right? And it's not always just like, like you know, perverse things or lust of the flesh things. It could be things that are like, Lord, you're right. Like, I find satisfaction in, you know, in preaching. Or posting a good Facebook post and getting 10 likes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm not, I'm not just talking about like lust of the flesh type stuff. I'm talking about stuff that can happen in your daily walk with Lord where, where you find satisfaction, you know, in something other than Him. You're made to be close to Him. Come on, just say that over yourself. I'm made to be close to Him. And shame and guilt and fear will not rob me of that. Never. It will never rob you of that. Stand with me, beloved. It'll never rob you of that. Come on. <sighs> All right, now say.